All right. Boy, am I excited for this one. Hi, everyone. Um, if you're new to the channel, hi, my name's Gabriel. I am a Catholic YouTuber. Um, please subscribe, I implore you. I just hit 1,000 subscribers. Only took me eight years, but hey, it's, it's gonna be all worth it in the end. Um, do you remember to turn the push notifications on so you don't miss a thing? Um, follow me on Instagram where all the fun stuff happens. And so today we have a very special guest. I'm gonna let her introduce herself after this, but as you can see from the title, very exciting stuff. So without further ado, let's get straight into this. Let me play my intro. Intro. There we go. All right. Hello, Kayla. Hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> How am I? We let's not act like we didn't have an entire fifteen-minute conversation before this. So <laughs> let's skip the formalities and let's get into this. Um, I think for of course for those who don't know you, not like a lot of people know me, but that for those who don't know you, please tell us. I know you said that you're a nobody in real life, but I don't believe <laughs> that. So tell us what there is to know about you. Uh, yeah, so my name is Kayla. I am from Utah. Right now I'm living in the southern part of Utah. Um, I grew up Mormon or LDS, Latter-day Saint, whatever you want to call them. And I am now a Catholic. <laughs> That's amazing. I love this. So now the reason why I've, I'm so excited for this is because, well, first of all, I think the first thing is I've always had this sort of sympathy for Mormons because entering, I've told the story a million times, but entering into the conservative American space, I met a lot of Protestants and a lot of them were you know, extremely anti-Catholic, some more than others. But, you know, everyone was trying to tell me what I believed about my faith. That's what actually caused me to dig into my faith even more. But in the process, something that I always thought about was like a darn... I really have a lot of sympathy for the Mormons because it seems like besides Catholics, like the Mormons are the only other group that everyone hates. And <laughs> not necessarily hates, but everyone loves Mormons, but everyone disses them, you know? They, I feel like they're, they're just as misunderstood as Catholics, or maybe not. So that's what we're going to dive into as well. Um, so second reason why I'm so happy that... I've managed to get you on is because, well, I don't want to strawman what Mormons believe, and I've always wanted to find out more about the Mormon church, and f so far, a lot of the Mormons I've spoken to don't seem to know much about their own faith, and that's a bit difficult to find out, so I've always wanted to interview a, an actual Mormon. As I've joked about on Twitter, I was almost going to pull, I don't know, I used the term Elder Allen because that's the only name I remember. It was pretty significant. <laughs> this guy, Elder Allen, that's what you call... Actually, this is my first question. This entire podcast is going to be a series of questions. So this is my first question. Why are Mormons referred to as Elder? Yeah, so that is typically reserved mostly just for the missionaries. Ah. Um, they're set apart in a, like what they call a calling, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of like a vocation in the Catholic church. 
um, they're set apart as elder, which is a specific part of their priesthood that gives them certain keys that they can use. Um, so just like you'd call a layman in the Mormon church, you'd call her sister. Like I used to be sister Oler, um, and other people were like brother Anderson missionaries and people who have certain priesthood keys are called elder. A key. Um, is it a physical key? Like... No. So they use um, the keys from Matthew 16. Um, they're kind of, they're figurative, right? So okay. every level of the priesthood in the Mormon church has a different set of roles and responsibilities. Um, so the prophet would have all of the keys of the church, right? So they, um, they can lead, they can perform certain ordinances, they can do X, Y, Z thing. And maybe the 12 year old who just has, he's a deacon, right? That's what they call the level of priesthood at that age. He has a like 12 one year key old where... deacon. <laughs> yes. I know they, it sounds they get the so funny for us Catholics, years old. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Um, so yeah, they, they all have different sets of keys. And so they're, they're obviously f spiritual. Um, and they actually believe that they do something, but no, they're not physical keys. Okay, interesting. So are all, all do all Mormons become missionaries? No. So huh. it is a duty, um, to quote the LDS Church, a duty of every male priesthood holder to serve a mission. So at 18 years old, or if you go later, um, they are essentially required to do it unless there is some sort of circumstance that leads to them not being able to. There are also females who serve missions. Um, mm -hmm. but they're not required. And then if you get older and all your kids are out of the house, actually couples can serve missions as well. But it's only required for men. Oh, interesting. And is, is every male a a priest, so to say. Does every male become a priest? Every male is able to receive the priesthood in the Mormon church. Able um, to, so but do they? No, not necessarily. So it depends. If you're kind of a lax Mormon, mm -hmm. um, you're not really taking your faith seriously. You'll never be set apart um, as a priesthood holder. But the majority, if, if you're oh. going to find your average Mormon male, mm. he is going to have the priesthood. Okay. So, wow, we're just getting straight into it. I love this. You know, I had a whole, like, segment planned out. But, you know, let's just get straight into this because this is so interesting. Um, so about that, another thing I wanted to ask was, is there, is there, you know, how there's practicing Catholics, non-practicing Catholics, you know, lapsed Catholics who, you know, they're culturally Catholic, but don't really, they go to church um, on Easter. What is the term for that? The Easter, Christmas, something. There's a term for it, the Easter, Christmas Catholics. So is there an equivalent for that in Mormonism? Because Mormon Mormonism seems quite... You know, it seems like quite a cultural thing. So do you think there is an equivalent of this in the LDS church? Yes, they are um, typically referred to as Jack Mormons. <laughs> ones who, like, still believe the church, kind of. They're still culturally Mormon, um, but they don't really go to church. Um, 
the Mormon church's like official term for them would be inactive. So they're baptized Mormons, but they don't necessarily go. Interesting. I actually thought the term Jack Mormon just referred to any male Mormon because I don't know, Jack. Uh, okay. Makes sense now. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So now let's get sort of back into the sort of segments that I had planned out. So for those who don't, who are completely new to Mormonism, um, could you give a bit of an explanation on the LDS church for people who just are clueless on it? Sure. So the LDS church um, was started by a man named Joseph Smith, who grew up in um, kind of Northeast America, upstate New York. He actually claimed that when he was 14 years old, he had a vision of God the Father and Jesus Christ, who told him, did you have something? That was like a big gasp. <laughs> oh, no, I was um, just breathing. <laughs> Go okay. on. Yeah, so he claimed to have a vision of God the Father and Jesus Christ, that, um, and they told him that none of the religious sects that existed at that time were true. Um, and so later he had um, visions of angels who led him to this ancient record that he translated and is called the Book of Mormon. Um, and along with the publication of that book, he established the Mormon Church in 1830, um, yeah, so after that point in time, he had subsequent revelations from God, ended up writing kind of two more sets of scripture after the Book of Mormon, which is the Pearl of Great Price and the Doctrine and Covenants. And um, essentially what he was kind of going off of was God told him he was a prophet. He had translated this record. He translated other records and furthered revelation, right? So Whereas Catholics believe that revelation is public revelation is closed, right? Mm. After the time of the apostles, he was saying, no, no, this isn't true. We have an open canon. There are still things that are scriptures. Um, and essentially what he did, he called 12 apostles, just like Christ did when he was alive. <laughs> um, yeah. And after his death, there have still been prophets there's always a prophet that is called and then a quorum of the 12 apostles so they have that that exists today their prophet is russell m nelson and they have a quorum of the 12 um let's see what else did sorry I so today yeah. till this day they still have like a a prophet and 12 disciples mm -hmm. till this day there's a sitting yes. sort of sort of their very own vatican mm-hmm yeah, so, yeah, that's, and they also, so from the Old Testament, they also have a quorum of the 70, which isn't exactly 70 people, but those are kind of the next in line. If we were looking at it in the way that um, Catholicism is, the prophet would be kind of like the Pope. Um, the quorum of the 12 would kind of be like cardinals. The um, bishops in the Catholic Church would kind of be like the quorum of the 70, and then um, priests would kind of be like Mormon bishops, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Before I go on, do you have anything else that you wanted to add on the, your explanation on more uh, the LDS Church? Yeah. So, um, just in general, they have 
so they're kind of it's it's kind of hard to pin like a label on them right because they do believe um, in the Bible, they believe in the New Testament, that Jesus was born, lived, died, resurrected. Um, but in their furthering revelation, they also believe that we all pre-existed. And so that we actually have a father in heaven and a mother in heaven who are the parents of our spirits that existed before this earth. Um, and that we were like there was a war in heaven essentially. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we kind of believe that as Catholics, but we believe that about angels, right? Mm -hmm. They actually believe that we were those people They were having this war in heaven and that one third of the host of heaven went away and the rest of us were able to be born onto this earth. So, um, and they also believe they don't believe in the Trinity. So they believe oh, that the okay. father, the son and the Holy spirit are three separate beings they're separate huh. persons and essentially separate gods. Um, and they also believe that after this life, um, if you are married, you can attain kind of the same thing that God the Father has, right? So that you can mm -hmm. be a god yourself. That was and... one of the questions I had about yeah. the whole, you have your own planet thing. So mm -hmm. this is, I guess this is where you're getting into that. Yes. Yeah, they... They believe that if you're married, you can do essentially what the father and mother in heaven did before, where you have spirit children and that they inhabit their own earth, right? So you can actually not only create, just not have a planet, but be creating those planets. Um, and that's kind of something that Mormons will say that that's more speculation oh, yeah. on kind of their theologians part, but it's if you go into a Mormon meeting, right? Mm -hmm. Like I attended my grandpa's funeral um, last year. That's what their bishop got up and said, right? It's pretty widely accepted in the Mormon community. It's just, if you get out of there, they'll say, well, that's just speculation. So. Huh. <laughs> <Interesting>. It's a lot. <laughs> no, that, that was a lot. That was a lot to take in. Well, I mean, all of it already sounds, I mean, respectfully bizarre. So the next yeah. thing I was going to ask is actually what misconceptions there are about the LDS church because there are just so many bizarre sounding things that one would think, is that, are you for real? Like, is that real? So just to check, yeah. if a Mormon were to listen to this, would they say that, no, that you're, you're talking nonsense? Like, tell me honestly, Kayla, are you, are you spouting nonsense right now? No. So if you ask the average Mormon, um, they they would say the same thing, right? If you're talking to an, a Mormon apologist, mm. they're going to say that what I said, at least about becoming God, is speculation. The rest of it, they're going to say, I want to add all this context, but yeah, it's it'll be the same thing. Huh. Okay, yeah. so are there from what you know are there any actual misconceptions about mormons such as you know for catholics we have oh you guys worship mary you guys worship saints so are there any mormon equivalents of that yes so one of the big ones mormons at least mainstream lds <clears throat> which is what i was they don't practice polygamy right now. It's like you're okay. not going to show up to Utah and see like 12 <laughs> ladies with one dude unless you're seeing in like southern Utah and seeing an offshoot of the like mainstream LDS. Okay. They, 
they don't practice polygamy right now, at least on this earth. <laughs> is that legal um, in America, at least? Is that legal? No. Oh, and okay. Honestly, to get into a little bit of a rabbit hole with that, um, they so they were practicing polygamy, right? And mm -hmm. then the government basically said, you cannot do this. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, revelation from God. We can't do this anymore. Oh. So, yeah. I mean, oh, you can read. Con that's convenient, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, huh. and of course there's more nuance than that, but huh. essentially that's why they stopped practicing polygamy. <clears throat> but yeah, you're not going to walk into Utah Darn. and see it. So if the government the didn't stop it, they, they would have uh, continued with it, I guess. It's it's definitely possible. There's still offshoots <laughs> oh, I mean, of Mormons so... <sighs> that do practice it. In, wow. Which this, not okay. legally. They're okay, not married yeah, to multiple course, women legally, but they've just got like twelve ladies. That would that probably live in their be house. rather complicated when it came to the IRS, so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, any other misconceptions you have? Like yeah, I think a lot of people um, kind of tend to view Mormonism as a cult. I never felt like I was in a cult. Um, I think that you can find cultish things about every religion, right? Um, but I, I would really say to anybody that thinks they know about Mormonism, just because they've like read something on Reddit, you know, they, they probably don't. And you probably could give them more charity than calling them a cult um, or just saying they're crazy because there's a lot of really intelligent Mormons. Yeah, what the heck, man. I, I've i always... This is what I meant by sympathy. I've always got... I've always felt a bit defensive of when I saw Mormons being heckled because I kind of related to that. You know, as a Catholic, I was like come on man and i would go up to the mormon like i would dm them and tell them hey you know i know how you feel like like i'm with you like i mean of course not with you with you but i i feel you <laughs> and yeah no, mormons are the nicest people ever how can you be like how could you be mean to a mormon like you can't <laughs> you just can't it's like being mean to I don't know. It's like taking candy for from a baby or something. I don't know how to describe it, but you can't be mean to Mormons. You just can't. Like, gosh. Right. Um. So, so from everything you told me about the, the establishment of the Mormon Church, etc. For me, Protestantism. The reason why I don't believe in it is because it doesn't make any sense to me. But Mormonism, although it's bizarre. It, besides the whole polygamy thing and the government saying, oh, you can't do this anymore, and all of a sudden the law changes, that's dodgy. But aside from that, on the surface level, you know, it kind of makes some, you know, it could be true. I don't know. I mean, it's bizarre, but it kind of, at least, okay, to me it makes sense. You know, the story it lines up, it's bizarre. It's on the surface level, it seems, oh, okay. So, in that case, what was wrong with the, what was wrong with the LDS Church? What made you leave, essentially? Yeah, so the first thing that actually made me question my faith was I was taking a class at university. Um, I think it was Ethics and Values, but we were going over the problem of evil. 
Um, and essentially I, I was trying to like think of ways out of it. Right. You know, and I mean, there's a lot of ways that I think you can get out of as a Catholic, even though, um, I would say it was one of the stronger arguments that atheists have. Um, and I kind of, I like, I went to my mom and I was like, I like this, you know, I like discussing these topics. I like discussing premises and conclusions. And so I started talking to her about the problem of evil mm -hmm. and, um, she directed me over to my grandfather's article. He's actually, he was a Mormon apologist and a professor at their university for 40 years. And he wrote, well, he had a speech and he wrote a paper called Joseph Smith and the problem of evil. Hmm. And I had kind of always known that Mormons had a different view of deity, right? I, I'd always known that when I grew up that we, there was a lot of people who speculated that God had a God above him. Um, because Joseph Smith once said that God was a man, right? So I kind of had all these preconceptions. And then I went to read my grandfather's article and he started talking about how God maybe isn't omnipotent, maybe isn't the total explanation of everything. Um, and I had never really come to terms with that before and thought, well, when we talk about God, right? We, and why we, we talk about religion, we want to know why we're here, where we're going, what the plan is, you yeah, know? Yeah. And when I had, I had read this article, I was like, God doesn't answer these questions for me. We, like Mormons will say, there's just speculation about the afterlife, you know? And there's speculation about the preexistence. And we don't actually know like God is confined to this universal law. So he's not the highest rule in the universe. There's other rules. And the more I kind of got into this class and started learning about different things, I was like, this is bogus. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't fit philosophically. Um, and so that's, that's initially where I had left it. I had kind of just, I, didn't really know how to reconcile it didn't wasn't really interested in reconciling it honestly because i just started kind of going off the deep end with morality <laughs> and other things and i had already dealt with depression and anxiety um before i had started having these issues and all my friends were leaving on missions i had a bunch of guy friends that went and were on missions then i could only email them once a week and so i was trying to do all of this kind of on my own and I ended up um, attempting suicide because of my depression and these struggles that I was having. And long story short, my friend who was actually across the country woke up in the middle of the night and I hadn't talked to him in weeks. He felt the need to call me, to reach out to me. Um, and I would not be alive if he had not done that. Um, and so after this point, I had kind of come to grips with there was absolutely no way science doesn't explain it why my friend did this in the middle of the night you know um there there's no explanation other than that somebody is out there looking out for me for why i'm still here um and so i kind of took another like right turn i was back in mormonism i like went to my bishop started reading the scriptures again i was like what, whatever this philosophical problem that I have with Mormonism is I'm not going to let it affect the fact that I know that God exists. 
Um, and so after that, I actually ended up learning more about the LDS Church, um, the Book of Mormon. I, you know, I had always revered as this work that there was no way that a 14-year-old boy could have come up with on his own. Um, and the Book of Mormon actually, when scholars have looked at it, right? Um, and I mean, there's, of course, LDS scholars. This is very controversial. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's a 19th century text, right? That's claiming to be representative of people from 600 BC to hundreds of years after Christ's death. Um, and so you'll find things in there like swords, horses, um, Greek names that that apparently the Native Americans supposedly had, but we can't find any of that, right? Mm. So I started having these issues with the Book of Mormon where I'm like, this doesn't, not that I can like 100% certainty prove that it's wrong, right? But all the evidence weighed against it makes it seem very questionable. And then I started looking into Joseph Smith. Um, and Joseph Smith growing up had actually practiced a lot of folk magic. And so he would essentially say that I can find buried treasure using this stone. If I look into it, I can, I can find this buried treasure for people. Um, and we have court documents. I don't, he wasn't ever like arrested for any of these things, um, but he was sent to court over it, that he actually couldn't do these things. And it turns out that one of the same stones that he was using, hmm. he actually ends up years later putting in this white top hat looking into it and reading the words off of it. And this is the origins of the Book of Mormon. So this stone that he was using for folk magic now turns into this um, like medium for God being able to speak to him and help him translate this book, right? Wow. Uh, and the, I mean, the more you dig into Mormonism, the more problems that you're gonna find. Like he, he had these papyri that mm -hmm. were, um, that he bought from a guy that was going around saying these are from the time of Abraham and from these papyri he actually took so this is another controversial mm -hmm. thing with oh, Mormon yeah. apologists but we have these papers called the Kirkland <clears throat> Kirtland Egyptian papers um, that actually put a hieroglyphic mm. right next to the text of what's called the book of Abraham which is another like extra biblical text that they have um, and it it doesn't match up so if you talk to any modern Egyptologist, if you look up Dr. Robert Rittner, he's done extensive work on the Book of Abraham and completely believes it to be false. The, the text from the Book of Abraham, like the hieroglyphics from it, are actually from an Egyptian Book of the Dead, uh, which has nothing to do with this text of the Book of Abraham that's talking about how the earth came to be, um, among other things. So... That's another huge problem. I mean, if we're going to trust Joseph Smith, <laughs> I, I would think that we would want to have good evidence um, for the Book of Mormon or for the Book of Abraham to be true. If he really had these translating powers or a gift from God that allowed him to translate these, um, you, you'd expect to have a lot more evidence and a lot more um, a good foundation for these things that just isn't there. Wow. Okay. So I think, you know, we were going to get to these questions <laughs> later on, but it seems like, you know, you've pretty much covered uh, some pretty 
There's pretty valid points. How do you think a, a Mormon would respond listening to this? What, what do you think they would say to this? You know, it, it really depends on the Mormon. So hmm. if you're just talking to your average Mormon, um, like if you were talking to me as a teenager, mm -hmm. I would tell you that I had like read the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily my experience, but if, if I were a Mormon mm -hmm. that I come across, right? I've read the Book of Mormon and I prayed about it and I received this answer from God that it's scriptural. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me what you say about it. You just need to read it and pray about it. And God will tell you the exact same thing that he's told me with this burning in the bosom that I've had um, and the spiritual experience burning that I've had with this book. Yeah. See, that's what they'll call it. <laughs> it's fair enough, you know, because back when I wasn't educated about my own faith, that was actually also my sort of explanation for when people told me um, when people asked me why are you catholic and i just i would just be like you know i just believe that it's true and of course catholicism is true so blind faith is always good in that case but this brings me to something um that came up which is do you think most mormons don't actually study the like mormonism they don't actually research and bother going off the deep end as you would describe it do you think that's the case um i think for the majority of the ones that i know that is 100 percent the case so i actually i work with several people who are still lds mm -hmm. and i actually brought up because i you just chat at work you know yeah. i brought up philosophy and one of my bosses is like no I'm not going to sit here and discuss hypotheticals. I'm like, I mean, you're a smart guy, though. And I, I think that is the case for a lot mm. of them, that they, if, if they've done research, um, it all comes from the same source. It call, mm -hmm. all comes from the LDS church. And, of course, there are definitely exceptions to that. But yeah. the average person you find is not going to be well-educated on these things. Yeah, it seems like... It's almost as though they're afraid of what they might find. And I yeah. think that's a problem even in, you know, Protestantism when Protestants, whenever I talk to Protestants about their faith, it's they talk a lot about like the defense of solar scripture, etc. But it's almost as though they refuse to go past the point and look into Catholicism to look at, at what Catholicism actually believes, but rather they have a lot of, you know, self-confirming um, th things that they bring up and to strengthen their own worldview because they're afraid. And it's understandable because, I mean, if I, I was a Protestant, I would do that as well. But, you know, I think it's it's harmful. You, you can't, if you're afraid of what you might find, then something's wrong, which is why I've come to love learning about other faiths, like, you know, Mormonism, although it's, <laughs> it's not exactly something I'm necessarily threatened by, but, you know, I've grown to love um, learning about other faiths. Um, were you going to say something? Oh, yeah. I, I was actually going to say that growing up, um, so 
LDS members attend seminary in high school, which is just religious classes for high school students, anyone basically. And then every Sunday they have Sunday school classes. And I was taught in both places, never, ever, ever are you to look into anti-Mormon literature. Oh no. Right? And and essentially that's the, not a red what flag. They were, <laughs> what they were telling me, right, was that a lot of people spread lies about the church, which of course is fair to any church. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you were supposed to ask God and not ask Google. And this was one of the first things that I think as a teenager, I was like, this just seems weird. Like there was in my eyes, there was nothing I could look at that would make me question my faith, you know? <laughs> um, but that, that was kind of just like this itching in my brain that if this is so true and then mm. it's, it's so obvious that it's true, right? Like the book of Mormon yeah. was, proposed as this thing that there's no way that Joseph Smith could have known this or written this. Why am I concerned about anti-Mormon literature? And why would I not be able to tell the lies from the truth? And I think the truth is that when a lot of people look into that, they leave. And that's what I was even told in seminary that there <laughs> were people who looked into it and they just left the same day. That's and I was like, these people have poor gosh. faith, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It, it's it's kind of Man. and I, I i think hopefully they're moving away from that now yeah. that there's a lot more social media yeah. and internet access but that's mm. what i was definitely taught growing up never ever like look up mormonism unless it's on gospel <laughs> library <laughs> wow okay so just to sum all of that up you were um you re first you realized Mormonism was kind of bogus. You were reading into the problem of evil, etc. And because that was kind of seemed kind of bogus, you decided that oh, I can't believe in religion, God as a whole anymore. And you know things happened, and got you know divine intervention perhaps, and you went back to Mormonism to try again and again realized that it was bogus you know i i feel so bad using words like bogus because i feel like i'm being mean to mormons i just have this inbuilt thing that i can't be mean to mormons even though of course i believe it's wrong but i just feel like i can't be mean to them so i apologize for that but yeah so that's basically how that happened now if you guys want to um read about her conversion story it'll be linked in the description down below so you can read an entire more detailed description of exactly what happened so let's get into a lot of people asked this question and before we go on here's another one let me get rid of this what what do you think mormons in general think about catholics this is something i've always wanted to know yeah so your average Mormon is going to think that the Catholic Church is bogus, is evil. Um, I mean, I don't know how much you know about the great apostasy in Mormonism, but essentially mm -hmm. their claim is that after, sometime after the death of the apostles mm -hmm. and before the Council of Nicaea, that all the priesthood authority was removed from the church and from the oh. earth. And then it stayed that way until Joseph came in the 1800s. Darn. Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, I watched a YouTube video the other day. If, if you ever want to go look into kind of like a Mormon mm -hmm. perspective on Catholicism, um, 
Oh, I'm trying to remember. Stone XVI? Stone 16? All right, maybe we'll um, find that later on. Yeah, they they did a video on Catholicism, which essentially what they were saying is, oh, we love our Catholic brothers and sisters. Okay. We love them so much. And then they just, for the rest of the show, just went off about how horrible the Catholic Church is, <laughs> about all these awful popes that we have. And I, I really think that's the perspective of most It would have been fair enough Mormons. if it was like a doctrinal like, <laughs> thing, but the fact that it just went off on the church and the popes, like, okay, come on, guys. Sure. <sighs> yeah, and I mean, they a main objection, too, that they'll tend to bring up is that they mm -hmm. think that the Council of Nicaea was just kind of this... Mm -hmm. Everyone blames Constantine, but they think that Constantine, like, organized this because he's like, everybody has to agree about God. <laughs> yeah, man. and yeah, and so they, they think that the Catholic Church kind of took this perspective from the okay. Greeks um, of kind of the unmoved mover hmm. and then created it into God instead of actually using the Bible, you know, and what we can infer uh, from the Bible. Everyone's now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. Um, and so they, they do come, they don't like the doctrine of the Trinity. They definitely don't like the doctrine of divine simplicity for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, so in general, they will say they love Catholics, hate the Catholic Church, think it's evil. Darn. Poor Babylon. Bad Darn. stuff. <laughs> come on, Mormons. You know, I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I sure hope Mormons are nice to me. I'm sure they will be if I ever visit Utah. Um, right, so what was... lost my train of thought. What was the next point which I wanted to make? Um, right, let's just get straight into the Catholicism and how... Yeah, yeah, how you found Catholicism. Um, as I said, if you want to find out more, you can always go and read her conversion story. But since, you know, we want to keep track of the time, let's, um, let's focus on uh, some main points that sort of were your, the, the clicks that made you realize that, oh, okay, Catholicism, that is, that is where it is. Yeah, so um, the first time, because... Growing up in Utah, there are not a lot of Catholics here, right? Mm -hmm. So I was actually just talking to one of my coworkers, and he was saying that he was going to go grab a beer with his roommate. And I was like, a beer? You're a Mormon. What are you doing drinking beer? <laughs> um, and he's like, no, I'm a Catholic. And immediately I'm like, what do you believe? I want to hear everything. I've never met a Catholic before. Like, I, I assume it would be like a Catholic. So in like Poland, meeting a Mormon, it's like, what is this weird specimen? You know. Um, well, that's definitely so, how I feel like talking to you now. So. Yeah. Um, so he actually, we started talking about it, and he left me with this book. It's wow, the case and you for Jesus. still have it. That's great. Of course I do. Um, and. I started reading it, which essentially it's a defense of the Gospels, their historicity, um, and then Christ, his resurrection, and um, that he claimed to be divine, that he wasn't just some prophet or some speaker, that he was God, right? Mm. And so I start reading this, and I mean, from a Mormon background, Jesus is considered God, right? But he's not considered the one God. 
the father is considered the one God. Um, and they still believe that Jesus is divine and they would still, um, it really depends on the Mormon you talk to whether or not they would say that they worship Christ. Um, but I'm, I'm reading through this and I'm thinking the Trinity is true, which I don't know why that is the first thing that ever clicked with me. That seems like that would be the last thing to click with you, maybe it's besides the Marian dogmas, right? But the Trinity just seems <clears throat> so biblical to me. Um, mm. And so immediately from that point on, I was like, I have to look into Christianity that this just, it just seems so true to me and so logical um, that even though the resurrection is a miraculous thing, I just think we have so much good evidence for it. Um, and so I just, I, I started rereading through the Bible. I was turning on YouTube video after YouTube video, podcast after podcast. Um, and eventually this friend of mine, I was like, I want to go to a Catholic mass. Um, and so he took me with another friend to Catholic Mass, which is actually at the Cathedral of the Madeline. Oh, yes. So beautiful. And I, yes. I remember walking in the doors and just like not wanting to breathe because of <clears throat> how beautiful it was. I mean, if you've never looked at pictures of the Cathedral of Madeline, like after this video, definitely go and do that. It is a stunning cathedral. And they have a world-renowned choir um, that actually sings mostly in Latin at wow. the cathedral and so even though there were certain things where i was like this kind of seems weird like why is the priest like speak singing that seems weird um for the majority of it i was just in awe of how beautiful everything was and i think after that point i kind of got a little biased to be honest with you <laughs> like i just want catholicism to be true after this experience like i don't I don't want to go because I had been to a uh, later I had ended up attending a Protestant church just to kind of see uh. kind of what it was like. It was non-denominational. Um, so it's not necessarily like every Protestant church is. But yeah, I I remember sitting there and I was like, OK, we're singing about how Jesus loves us and we're kind of doing a Bible study. But this doesn't feel like worship. Catholicism really felt like worship. And the more that I read the Bible, um, the more I was drawn to Catholicism and just was so in awe of like the Old Testament fitting into the New Testament and all oh, these prophecies. Yes. yes, it's so crazy. Like nobody had ever told me these oh, things gosh. in Mormonism. And here I am mm. in Catholicism, just overwhelmed with all this evidence that pointed me towards that there wasn't a great apostasy, that Christ had established a church, and that church was still around and has been around for 2,000 years. Um, and I think a lot of what switched me off from, like, orthodoxy has more mm. to do with um, some of, like, the natural law things, and then... Um, I believe in the filioque and I believe in the papacy. I think the primacy of Peter mm -hmm. is very clear from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And then I, along with that, I mean, <clears throat> that disproves Protestantism too, right? If, if you find the papacy to be true and you believe in this laying on of hands that this priesthood authority is passed on and has been passed on for 2000 years, regardless of really what you think about justification or these other things, while those things are so important, the papacy is really the one thing that if if you get that right, you know, if you believe that, you should be a Catholic. 
Um, so yeah, that, that was the big, mostly the big things. I, I remember too meeting a lot of Catholics. So I started attending this like Catholic women's group mm. that they kind of adopted me into. Um, it was funny because I, I was super shy. I was like, I, I didn't talk, but I, I don't know if those women really know how much their example of being a Catholic meant to me. Because mm. when I saw Catholics and when I listened to Catholics, they felt like real people. Um, and maybe that's like a weird thing to say, but with Mormons, it's kind of this facade of I'm a good Mormon and I'm a good person. And that's what gets kind of put on the outside is this veil. Like I, I don't sin. And if I did sin, there was no way anyone was going to find out about it. <laughs> right. Whereas this Catholics. Yeah. Reminds me of a quote that I absolutely love. So I'm just going to bring it up. Um, it's actually yeah. by Milo, you know, the controversial commentator. I have a soft spot for him because he's Catholic um, he's a very misunderstood guy in my opinion, but he said that Protestants go to church because they think they're good people. Catholics go to church because we know we're not. So this kind of reminds me of what you're talking about there. I totally get what I totally get what you mean by that. Real people, not not calling them fake, but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, but, um, I remember too. I think the first time I. I was watching Matt Fradge's channel. Oh, um, I love him. I love him too. He, he had Stephanie Gray on, and she was talking about this time when she had prayed, come Holy Spirit. Like, she didn't know how to answer something. Mm. And then she had this answer come to her, and she just, on the show, yells, praise Jesus. <laughs> and it's this just adorable little lady. just. And I had the same thing happen with this group of women. Like they, they were so real about their mm. faults and so real about what was hard. Um, and I think that's a lot of Catholicism is, and it that's is, what I found in is. the States too. Yeah. Oh. Um, it, it was just a beautiful experience to realize that I am not the only one that ever struggled with feeling down or struggled with sins. Like yeah. everyone is in line for confession, you know, Gosh, every yes. good Catholic this is in is line for confession. <laughs> yes. This um, is Catholicism. And I, that's what really drew me to it first is that <clears throat> everyone was real to me. Like they, the saints were real to me. They, they were people and they, you know, went to God and their lives were changed. And that's exactly what happened to me wow. on this crazy journey of watching YouTube videos is that <laughs> I was this person before and I, I come to Catholicism and Catholicism changed me and nothing else that I ever watched or people that I came across ever really did that in the same way. Wow. This is great. <laughs> wow. That's a lot. So yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to ask two more things. One, Mary to Latin mass. Well, tell me about those. Oh, sorry. You said something Mary, in the Latin mass. Mary. Oh, Mary in Latin mass. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think Mary was again just something like the Marian dogmas came easier to me than I think they would for a lot of converts because I came from this Mormon background that mm. already believed that there was a mother in heaven, um, mm. and I had actually loved that doctrine. And then I come to Catholicism, and I'm like, I do have somebody there. <laughs> You know, and I mean, especially throughout all of this, my relationship with my own mother had kind of fallen apart. Um, and then I had this mm. woman who was Christ's mother who I could ask to pray for me. Like, 
just like the wedding of Cana, right? Like mm. going to Jesus to intercede for me. And I was also talking to Jesus. You know, it's this big, beautiful community um, that we don't believe that people are dead or asleep on the other side. They're the, alive. In, yeah. In fact, they're the yeah. only ones who we know are truly alive, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think, again, with just the research that I've done, Brant Petre also has another wonderful book. Um, which I believe is Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary. Yes. That goes, yes. yes. Uh, he, my friend he has done a I, lot of yeah. great work. Well, I've been interviewing um, Daniel. He runs the YouTube channel, the Jewish Catholic. We've been having lots of conversations, you know, what you said about the New Testament fulfilling the Old Testament, the papacy, all of these things. He's helped me so much, Daniel. Like, a shout-out to him. Um, yeah, he's told me about that book and how it really made a – big impact on his faith journey so wow brent petrie great stuff he's putting out yeah. um have you got a rosary like oh yes okay. it's actually in the other room <laughs> i okay. can go get it no no it's okay <laughs> just just checking you had to make sure that you're actually a real catholic and not some woman <laughs> spy you know <laughs> i'm joking yes but okay what about latin mass was your first mass at latin mass or was it not it was a novice ordo, mm -hmm. um, but they do sing in Latin. So it was beautiful. very beautiful. Yeah, very reverent. Um, when I still lived up in northern Utah, there's mm -hmm. actually only two Latin masses that I'm aware of mm -hmm. that are in Utah. Um, I was actually attending the one in Park City after I was baptized, and my daughter was baptized there, which I just, I love <clears throat> the Latin mass, I think. And I love a reverent novus ordo too don't get me wrong i love that too but my heart is kind of more drawn to the latin mass and kind of more of the silence um so i i like low masses actually better than high masses i haven't experienced but, um well i experienced um christmas high mass but in general here now we can't really have high masses because of covid restrictions oh darn i shouldn't have said the word now youtube's gonna <laughs> stuff to this video or something but either There's way there's gonna be a big information <laughs> yeah. thing that says if you need more information okay, enough 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 here. of this topic no, no, <laughs> enough so um yeah go on about the latin mass sorry yeah um i was first introduced to it by an a friend of mine who was one of the first friends who went to mass with me actually mm -hmm. um and to be honest still to this day i don't think that i can like say all of the things in latin that you're supposed to during the mass <laughs> but i i love that parish because i think the latin mass gets a lot of a bad rap for having stuck up kind of cocky catholics that go to it and that has oh, never been the total opposite always yeah that's Gosh. never been my experience um i went to that mass and i and i mean it's just beautiful to see and it wasn't every woman but women veiling mm. just like the early traditions of the church mm -hmm. um and using the language of the church i just i thought it was so beautiful um and we actually stayed at that parish because of that because there's not a lot of reverent masses in general in utah wow. but that is definitely just honestly probably one of the best experiences of my life was having my daughter baptized in the wow. like traditional latin form wow 
I've never seen one of those, but I can't wait to be able to because I only recently discovered the Latin Mass when I was sort of forced to because of cold. <laughs> no, no, sorry, beer bug. That's what Daniel calls me. <laughs> Call it beer bug. So <clears throat> because of the beer bug, masses are so restricted. So I was forced to look for a mass and. Okay, the SSPX, I know it's controversial, but in my case, I, I think it's pretty darn, I'm pretty darn justified in going there because I can't get a mass anywhere else. So I was, you know, I checked it out and that was my first Latin mass and <clears throat> wow, like, so I'm pretty, <clears throat> sorry, I'm pretty new to the Latin mass as well. So yeah, I totally get you on that. So now let's get on to, you were explaining about how some of the things in Catholicism, talking about the succession, bishops, authority, it seems like these concepts, they are, they're not very foreign to you as a Mormon because there are some similar things. So let's get into what's, what are the similarities between Mormonism and Catholicism? Yeah, so um, both Mormon and Catholics have a similar hierarchy. Um, I think kind of back in the days of Joseph Smith, the prophet in the Mormon church was more like a prophet in the Old Testament mm. where they were bringing new things. Like Moses was bringing the Ten Commandments to the people, right? Um, and I think Joseph could be seen as doing a similar thing um, where he was bringing new scripture. But if you look at the church nowadays, they basically function as a pope, like, they have writings mm -hmm. and they kind of direct church policy, mm -hmm. but there is no new doctrine that they're bringing to the table. Um, and yeah, in a similar way, they have a similar hierarchy, whereas, um, oh yeah, so like only men can hold the priesthood. So mm -hmm. that's the same in Catholicism mm -hmm. and in Mormonism. Um, we both adhere to um, baptism as a saving ordinance. Mm. Uh, Mormons also have more sacraments. They, they don't call them sacraments, but they have more sacraments than just baptism, which is similar to the Catholic Church, right? We have mm. marriage, priesthood, you know, um, anointing of the sick, mm. confession, which Mormons also have a form of confession. Um, oh. But that is only for serious sins. Oh. It's like any, yeah. <laughs> which, again, is like another thing. Catholics all line up for confession, right? But if you're in the bishop's office at a Mormon church, you done messed up. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. No, um, wait. Sorry. Just elaborate yeah. more on that because that's super interesting. Like, just a bit. Like, what? how does that work? Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's similar in the respect to Catholicism that you come to the priest, or in their case, your bishop, um, and you confess your sins, right? And it, it's not in the same way where you would say, like, I was uncharitable six mm. times. Um, you come to them and you're like, this is what I did and this is what happened. And you essentially tell the whole story um, minus details tend, they don't need to know. But. I, I tend to do that with my priest as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the, the I guess the big difference between confession and Mormonism versus confession and Catholicism mm -hmm. is that with Mormonism, your sin doesn't get forgiven. That's right what away. I was going to ask. Like, do your sins mm -hmm. get forgiven when you confess it? Yeah, no. So 
you actually typically have to go through a process, which is something that I had to do, where you're not allowed to partake of the sacrament um, until your bishop actually allows you to again. So oh. it's it's not like you go to confession once and you're free of your mortal sins, like Darn. completely gone. Yeah, you have Darn, to go through Catholics a process. Have it easy. <laughs> yeah, at least in this regard. Mm. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah, you go to the bishop. You normally have to meet with him several times before, like, you are considered clean again. Wow. Interesting. Great. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, other than that, did you have any last points on how they, how Catholicism and Mormonism are similar? Um, yeah, I think that's just about it. The okay. only other thing I would say, and I think that I already brought up, is that we kind of both believe in a mother in heaven figure. Of course, we believe yeah, those yeah. are completely different people, but <laughs> that that yeah, is also the, the logic is a bit easier to grasp, you know. Um, I actually just remembered what I was gonna say when I lost my train of thought, which is when you when you were talking about how Mormons have this explanation for how. Uh, the great apostasy is that like i think it's this is what i meant when it sort of makes sense like you know it has some logic to it and there's an explanation for you know why this and why all of that doesn't make sense with protestantism it doesn't have an explanation as to nobody no protestant actually comes out and explains what was with the first thousand five hundred years of church history then which is i do feel like in protestantism it's like martin luther is the joseph smith of like protestantism i, I mean that's at least how i feel about it and just you know th these are just some thoughts that i might have for you know some future writing perhaps um yeah so one last point before we get into a q a you know a rapid fire q a which is besides the similarity to martin luther do you think there's some similarity with the prophet muhammad or you know muhammad i'm not making fun like you know, i'm just trying to i spent some time in dubai okay i'm <laughs> Please trying to ahead. say it right <laughs> yeah i'm trying to say it right M yeah muhammad so please yes. go ahead so uh, i mean essentially their their origins are kind of similar right an angel comes to this man considers him a prophet that he's called of god they both come out with these new scriptural texts mm. um and subsequently kind of gain a sort of power in their religious community and end up instituting polygamy. Um, I mean, I think you'd have more of a case for kind of the pedophilia with mm. Muhammad. Um, but I mean, Joseph Smith as well. There's a lot of people who levy claims against him for yeah, being yeah. a pedophile based on his marriage to a 14-year-old girl mm. and a 16-year-old girl. Um so I mean, kind of the same story yeah, like, if you break it down to the very basics. Parallel, like, do you think there's something going on? Like, why <laughs> it seems so similar? And I think the idea of this lure of the afterlife being this uh, fulfilling all of your earthly desires, and you know, the in Islam, I I know that's controversial as well, but there's the teaching of the. I don't know, X number of virgins in the afterlife. And in Mormonism, you have the, you get your own planet thing. And 
Do you think there's any parallel or is it just a coincidence? No, I definitely think there's like a there's definitely a parallel between that where What does um, he copy the story? Like what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I I Joseph Smith, a lot of the Mormon religion comes from a lot of different things. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially with Joseph didn't have a negative view of Muhammad. He actually mm. said that he was a prophet and just huh. later kind of went down on the wrong tracks. Interesting. So, Interesting. yeah, I would not be surprised if Joseph took some of those same concepts um, and had them the same way. Yeah. Just wanted to address this. This is just real quick. This is so true. Um, the comment says there are more Mormons, Protestants, and Muslims now in Mexico, the second largest Catholic country in the world. Um, I won't say the rest of it, but basically it says that Catholics are not doing anything to evangelize. And that that is so true. That is something Mormons do so well. Um, I've been looking at, a lot at Portugal lately. And what I've noticed is that Portugal being such a Catholic country, but there are so many Mormon missionaries there that I'm really afraid that our dear land of um, Our Lady of Fatima is going to, you know, we're going to lose Catholics there. So I might very well be moving to Portugal soon to <laughs> help our fellow Catholic brothers and sisters over there, man. <laughs> Gosh. All right. So now before we move on to the Q&A section, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Catholic Connect. That's right. I feel like such an influencer now. I am... I even have a discount code, um, 20% off Gabriel X Charles. They have fantastic Catholic clothing. Um, I'm wearing this shirt from Catholic Connect. It's um, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. The quote, uh, um, the greatest love story of all time is contained in a tiny white host. And I think that's such a beautiful quote. And Fulton Sheen, he just looks so cool in his red cape was his style thing so definitely check out catholicconnect.shop and use my discount code look at all their clothes they have a bunch of nice things what better way to evangelize than we're in our faith all right let's get back to our usual programming so now let's get to a let's get to a quick fire q a so Gosh, uh, you've already answered a bunch of them, actually. First one was, do Mormons believe in the Trinity? So, apparently not. Okay. Mormons on contraception. I'm, I'm big on the topic of contraception. So, what do Mormons believe on contraception? Yeah, so, um, if you look at their gospel library, they have, like, topic essays. Um, essentially, they permit contraception, but they still believe that it was a commandment to multiply and replenish the earth. So if you're okay. using contraception to just completely not have kids, not good, but <laughs> you could still use it. Okay. Okay. Um, alcohol, um, caffeine, all that stuff. Well, what's with that? I mean, I'm literally having a gin tonic right now. So <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. So they have what's called a word of wisdom, which essentially uh, prevents them from drinking coffee, alcohol, um, certain kinds of tea, and even if you ask a Mormon, there's not really a rhyme or reason to the, the coffee or the tea, mm. um, the tobacco and the alcohol that they don't allow use of. There's obvious reasons they think that's unhealthy, but mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, they um, just to digress a bit. I hear Mormons are very big on you know taking care of yourself, and what is there some teaching behind that? 
So I, I can't remember right now which doctrine and covenants is, mm -hmm. but it's a revelation from God um, that essentially began as a guideline for Mormons mm -hmm. um, that you are actually only supposed to eat meat very sparingly. Um, you're mm. supposed to exercise and you have all these promises aligned with not drinking alcohol, not using tobacco, and it later becomes doctrine for them. Like you cannot drink alcohol and be a good practicing Mormon. That's against um, their religion. And it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a weird, a huh. weird thing because there's not really, because I mean, they, they follow some parts mm. of it, if that makes sense. Like they okay. do not eat meat sparingly. There's mm. barbecues all day long in Utah. <laughs> promise. <laughs> but, uh, Oh, man. Yeah, okay. there was parts of it that were taken and created okay. into doctrine from those original guidelines. Mm, okay, here's a question that I actually missed out that was from the Instagram um, Q&A, which is, yeah, from Anna, is your family still Mormon and how do they feel about you being Catholic? This is a big one. Yeah, my family is still Mormon. They mm. are not super happy about me being Catholic. I think the first time that I talked to my mother about... Um, arguments for the existence of God. She texted me and she told me that I was drinking Kool-Aid. Um, very, very much do not like the Catholic Church. Mm. Not a fan of my conversion. I think they've become more accepting of it as they realize more and more that I'm not coming back. Um, but I, I've had them both mm. tell me they don't really want to talk to me about it. Are you guys, still on, parents, are, yeah. are you guys still on speaking terms? Um um, speaking Not terms pry, in the sense, course, I'm just uh, no, genuinely no, curious. I'm happy to share. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still on speaking terms in the sense that like, I will say, hi, how are you? And they're saying, how is work going? Um, but not really in speaking terms mm -hmm. as far as religion goes. That's a no go. It's really sad. And our, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of this would be solved if everyone just stayed Catholic, you know, I blame all of this on Luther. Yes. I'm sorry, it's just Bad facts. Man. I blame all of this on Luther. I mean, maybe Luther wouldn't have stopped Joseph Smith, so it might be a different story, but still, majority of it, I blame it on Luther. <laughs> uh, what's my next question? Do Mormons consider the term Mormon offensive? I had a Mormon tell me once that we don't really like um, being called Mormons. We prefer LDS, but that's such a mouthful, LDS. Like, what do you call it? LDSs or you know, what's the plural of LDS? So, like, do Mormons actually find the term Mormon offensive? Uh, yeah, so this isn't a super quick answer, but um, mm -hmm. back... In kind of the early 2010s, it was actually a big marketing campaign to say, I'm a Mormon. And <laughs> one of their, their prophet at that time said, dare to be a Mormon, dare to make it known. Okay. Um, their current prophet has said that if you use the term Mormon, that is a victory for the devil. Oh. So current Mormons will typically find it offensive to call them Mormons, and they actually don't even prefer LDS anymore. Oh. They want to be called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But that's such a mouthful. It's too <laughs> and long, I, guys. Come on. I know I you're nice that... and all, but you can't expect us to bend over backwards. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, it's it's a more of a marketing campaign for their church, right? Mm. Because they kind of get away from saying, oh, do you worship Mormon? Like, who's Mormon? <laughs> um, 
and instead mm. they're saying we are the church of jesus christ and mm. then the latter-day saints well, is kind of the qualifying better, part of it. i guess yeah okay um mormon underwear um yeah so mormons in their temple may basically make certain covenants with god um and they wear these undergarments they mm -hmm. call them garments um as a symbol mm -hmm. of that covenant and so it yeah mormons do have it's almost like a, it's almost knee-length pants mm -hmm. and then it's like a shirt that some women it comes to here some it's more mm -hmm. right here and then they have actually kind of masonic that's a controversial thing but there's okay. there's masonic symbols on these garments that represent things for mormons that aren't masonic so mm. to put that out there but yeah they, they're why essentially is it, why is yeah. it called secret underwear um so secret to the extent that in their temple they believe everything there is sacred and reverent and that only certain mormons who are worthy to mm -hmm. go in there can go in there oh i meant secret you know secret oh. keep it a secret have you ever heard it oh. being called secret underwear yes so yeah. you're not really supposed to talk about what happens in the temple which would include these garments they believe they're very sacred um which is why they they don't really like people to call them underwear necessarily they like okay. people to call them garments because they're very holy to them um but yeah, that, that's why is that that temple ceremony that you receive these in is mm. very sacred. They won't say secret, okay. but sacred. Okay. So we're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> well, Kayla, tell me what goes on in the temple. <laughs> I want to know. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it depends on how old you are. And I mean, what you're doing there. Because when I was a teenager, you would go into the temple um, and you're only allowed in certain parts of it, depending on mm. what kind of recommend you have. So if you haven't um, like had the certain ceremonies in the temple, the only thing you can do is be baptized for the dead, which I did that a lot. Every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m., I took a trip down to my local temple and I was baptized for a bunch of dead people that I don't know who they are or they might have been my ancestors that I had huh. found their names. Um and then later, um, there's there's three other like ceremonies, <clears throat> ordinances or what they're called that happen in the temple. Um, one is the washing and anointing, mm. um, which goes along with your endowment, which is where you receive those garments, mm -hmm. and you learn certain handshakes to get handshakes. into heaven. Handshakes, yes. no handshakes, secret handshakes. handshakes. You're serious. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I'm. I wish I wasn't. Does that help? <laughs> um, yeah. So essentially Mormons will tell you that it, it's not Masonic, right? That mm. this temple ceremony actually goes back to old Testament times. And so mm -hmm. that the Masons actually adopted things that mm -hmm. already existed. But from an outside perspective, it seems very Masonic. You go into this special <laughs> temple or lodge mm -hmm. and you have these secret things secret things that you're not supposed to tell anybody and then you use these handshakes to get into heaven um all very suspicious so i'm guessing that anything that's worth you know anything that is you don't know anything interesting i guess because you haven't got to that level um so i know what happens based on like my husband he was he was lds at some point and became catholic so he went through the temple 
And so I've okay. heard it from him. Okay. There's actually YouTube videos you can watch, which okay. Mormons do not like that. Like it's, <laughs> it's yeah. very it's disrespectful to me. them. Yeah. Um, to mm -hmm. let people know what's going on in the temple or to sneak a camera into their temple. Cause okay. that's like a holy space for them. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you can look it up. It's not very exciting. You go in, you like oh. you get dressed in these certain clothes, you go into a room, <clears throat> you watch a video or a reenactment of the creation mm -hmm. story, which involves um, Adam mm -hmm. and Michael, same person in Mormonism. Okay, let's go to, let's go to that <laughs> point right after you explain this one. Yeah. Yeah, so are, are you pulling up the tweet? Oh, okay, yeah, I'll pull first? it up. I'll pull it up. Pull it off. Yeah, okay. here it is. <laughs> yes. So Go you ahead. learn in the temple, you learn in the temple that um, Michael, who we would consider St. Michael, the archangel, right? Mm. Um, and Adam, the first human being, are actually the same person. So Michael was his name in the preexistence. And God the Father essentially ordered or um, told Michael and God, uh, Jesus, mm -hmm. Jehovah, they call him Jehovah. Um, to go and create the earth. And so they go and you have the whole creation story, right? And then um, it goes into Adam and Eve. But yeah, Adam and Michael. Adam, Michael helped create the earth. Same person though. Adam helped create the earth with Jesus. Kind of weird. Um, not normal to Catholics. But yeah, then after you kind of watch this whole um, video, or in some cases it's a play or a reenactment, you go into this other room um, and I, I might not be getting all of this completely correct. I haven't actually like watched it at, and I mean, correct in like chronological order, not that these things don't actually happen. Um, but you like get in a circle and you'll pray with these other Mormons and yeah, after that you like go do these handshakes and get into the celestial room, uh, which is like their little heaven on earth type of place. Wow. Right. Yeah. And then there's also ceilings that happen after that, which is essentially, that's just your marriage, um, their marriage ceremony. So mm. if you're not LDS, you can't actually attend an LDS person's marriage. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, when my, when my brother-in-law was married, when my sister-in-law was married, I wasn't able to actually go and see it. I just had to wait outside. Wow. Okay. Wow. That, that is interesting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's different for sure <laughs> wow <laughs> you can't even see the wedding i mean are you sure like i've seen like outdoor mormon weddings like it's those not... might be just their reception oh the reception um, okay yeah makes which sense. you're allowed to go to makes sense so but it's not a bit the like, ceremony it's a bit like catholic weddings where but you know everyone can attend a catholic wedding but it's just that we can't have a Catholic wedding outside a Catholic church because for us, for those watching in Catholicism, the wedding is literally such an important thing. It's literally a sacrament. It's a covenant. It's like becoming a priest. It's your vocation. Gosh. Um, I wanted to pull up a question from Maggie. <clears throat> There's the official LDS church. Try to distance themselves from the polygamous fringe absolutely um they not only hold to obviously different views on marriage yeah. but there are um other 
sects of Mormonism, like they they don't want to be associated with them, not only because they're polygamists and that makes them look weird, right? Um, but also they have different doctrinal teachings. So there's still, mm. there's actually LDS offshoots that believe in the Trinity. I am not super familiar with everything about them, but there's, they believe a lot of different things. So they want to distance themselves as much as possible from those people that could be associated with them, but don't even believe the same things, right? Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, let me put that down. <clears throat> So about you were sharing about the what goes on in the Mormon church and the reason why I was so curious is because I've heard rumors about, you know, Mormonism being a sex cult. Now, where does this where does this come from? Is there any truth to this? Like this is juicy. You know, there's not any there's not any truth to it to Mormonism today, right? Oh, today. But, but Joseph Smith, mm. I mean, a lot of his, a lot of early Mormonism, <clears throat> I, I think could be portrayed that way. Polygamy actually wasn't a public thing for, I think, almost a year of Joseph Smith practicing it. Mm. Um, and a lot of that came out after, you know, Oliver Cowdery caught him with his nanny. Um, there was a lot of really weird things going on and i mean after him of course brigham young i believe had like 55 wives and oh, so okay calling it a calling early mormonism um <clears throat> a sex cult might okay. might be more accurate okay, but mormonism it. today darn, not at all darn okay so <laughs> darn <laughs> no I, I don't mean that i just you know i thought there was some juicy insider information on that but apparently not darn um why is okay just a quick um explanation where there's the how do they justify polygamy again um so they'll say that when joseph smith restored the church there had to be a restoration of all things and so they restored i guess the old testament okay (laughs) okay that makes sense that makes sense um okay you know it seems like a lot of mormons are politically conservative is it possible to be a liberal Mormon? You know, we have liberal Catholics, but we would call them fake Catholics. Um, so is it possible to be a liberal Mormon? What do Mormons think of uh, Mormons who don't vote Trump, I guess? Yeah, so I I definitely think it's it's possible to be a liberal Mormon if you're not holding to completely orthodox views hmm. um, that the church maybe has held in the last 50 years. The thing about the LDS church is that they believe in continuing public revelation, right? So mm-hmm. there was a point in time where <laughs> African-Americans could not receive the priesthood and could mm-hmm. not be married, and that was changed in 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people who are more liberal-leaning Mormons believe that that's going to change um, in the church too. Which I mean, you'll you'll find like there was a there there's one of the members of the twelve apostles right now mm-hmm. who actually it came out that in and I think it was his like private family fund they donated to the Biden campaign. Oh, so. There, it's definitely a smaller voice unless mm. you're seeing people get like excommunicated mm. um, for doing it. But it's definitely a smaller movement in the church that is still orthodox, but still believes that things will change. The 
Mormon Instagram account, like the LDS Instagram account, it follows a bunch of guys in seats. Are those like the 12? That is, that's, I'm sorry, but that's oh, kind of yeah. funny. Like, could you imagine if Jesus had like an Instagram and a bunch of just following like 12 people? Yeah. That That's funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to lie. That's kind of funny. Um, so what, what exactly are the doctrines that make make it so that mormons should be should be voting republican yeah so they released this thing i don't remember the date on it but the family proclamation to the world that says mm -hmm. that gender is an important part ah, of god's plan for okay. you that marriage is between one man and one woman mm. um, a lot of very socially conservative things okay that makes sense um another this is one of the last ones i have um why are there so many Mormon YouTubers? Like, there's Lindsey Sterling, there's the piano guys, a lot of Mormon musicians, a lot of children's choirs, they're all Mormon. Like, why? What, does the Mormon church have, a, have an arm that specializes in <laughs> making YouTubers to sort of market the faith or something? Like, how does that... Is that, is that on purpose or...? So I, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that, um, <clears throat> I mean, Mormon families generally, like, look after their kids and push their children to do certain things, right? Um, and they're normally very successful. And a lot of Mormons, especially in Utah, are um, middle class, mm. typically. A lot of upper middle class people, which I think gives a lot of those children, a lot of those people, a better opportunity mm. to do those things. Um, and I think it's like any other high demand religion. Um, the religion is kind of part of your life, right? And mm. kind of being exceptional, um, pushing yourself and trying to create this mm. persona of this great person is it, a lot. Um, oh, what's the right word? Comes across kind of in the background of Mormonism, right? So it's a lot of a pushing factor, which is, I think, why there are a lot of people who are like that and a lot of su very successful Mormons is because they're so used to kind of pushing themselves and becoming successful. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've, I think I've heard something like that before and it, yeah, it just makes sense. Uh, the whole Mormon lifestyle is such, I have one last question. It's the one that everyone's been waiting for, but before that, I just want to give a um, bit of a, self-advertisement if you wish to support this channel financially i rely solely of course um although i have 1000 subscribers now um, youtube still doesn't allow me to make any money from this even though it would what, be a few cents either way i rely fully on your support so do head over to where is my <clears throat> there it is do head over to my website, gabrielxcharles.com, where you can make a voluntary donation of as little as $3, and you get great perks. I'm not sure what my perks are. I kind of forgot. But go ahead. I've actually made my very own crowdfunding platform because I don't want to be um, censored by Patreon, etc. So if you're interested in creating something like that, if you're a content creator of any sort, you don't want to use Patreon to, you don't want to rely on Patreon for your paycheck every month, check it out. Um, head over to my website or hit me up, send me a DM, whatever that is. Okay, let's get to our last question. Why, why are all Mormons 
attractive? Like, why are all Mormons good looking? This is something that multiple people I've had this conversation with multiple people Mormons are always good looking and <laughs> when I posted your like your picture etc I I had a bunch of guys I mean <laughs> don't let your don't let your husband hear this but like I had a bunch of guys just asking what is her Instagram and I'm like I, I literally said that she's married and come on guys <laughs> but and uh, this is actually the most viewers i've had on a live live stream ever so so i'm pretty sure it has something to do with that <laughs> as well so what is i told you i told you this question in advance to prepare an answer so i hope you've come up with something good you know <laughs> i i first thought of a joke that i mean we all come from the same gene pool because brigham young had something like almost 200 children so who knows but honestly I, I think a lot of it actually has to do with again Mormons have really high standards for themselves mm. um, so you're not going to typically find a Mormon out on the street wearing like baggy pants baggy shirt haven't brushed my hair in days you know they're going to be well groomed they're going to present themselves well um, especially the Mormon missionaries have to be mm. well groomed to be in like with the missionary code so i think that has a lot to do with it as well but if i were joking i would say it's all brigham young man <laughs> okay makes sense i i and i mean that goes to show that a lot of what beauty is doesn't necessarily just have to do with your genetics it has to do with your lifestyle as well so there's a message for all the people out there who are trying to spread the message of you yeah, just let yourself go and you know look at the mormons they've they've done it so we've gone on for so long and we wanted to do a whole nother section on motherhood because you're 21 i am 21 <laughs> like, I'm 21. You're making me feel very unaccomplished in life right now because you're 21 and you have you have two kids. Like what? So because we've gone on for so long and now I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you be willing to come on another time to talk about your story with motherhood at the age of 21? Sure, I'd love to. All <laughs> this right. is a blast. <laughs> yeah, this is so fun. I've had so much fun. Like, thank you for this. But so for all of you watching, you've got to come back. Um, remember to subscribe, turn push notifications on, so you don't miss that. We'll talk all about all about motherhood. There was um so many questions on motherhood because I guess I talk a lot about femininity and ex um related topics, and a lot of my followers, I guess, are young girls and they they want to know about this kind of stuff so i'm sure that they would be thrilled you're living their dream like <laughs> they all wish that they could get married where's that question by maria because that was hilarious um, so if you want if you want to get questions like these answered you have to subscribe tune in for our next live stream okay so um I guess this is we've come to the end of today today's live stream thank you so much Kayla this has been a blast I have had so much fun so enlightening I've learned so much 
always wanted to do this. Thank goodness I didn't have to get Elder Allen off the street and interview him. That would have been a bit awkward and uh, <laughs> might have been a bit of a headache. And my head might have exploded from like just what? <laughs> so do you have any um, last things you want to say, Kayla? Um, Catholicism is true. Become Catholic. Read the early church fathers in the Bible. It's not hard. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you happier now that that you're Catholic? This is from Humble Agape. Um, last question. Yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah, that um, was that you weren't supposed to. Yeah, that was a trick question. This this was just a. <laughs> this is a no-brainer, man. Like, you don't need to answer that. If you become Catholic, you become happier. It's just is how it is. So anyway. <laughs> Um, remember all the usual stuff subscribe um, turn push notifications on follow me on Instagram um, where can people find you Kayla um, I am on Instagram at Jace Lala so Jace is my middle name no Lala that's Twitter that's your Twitter oh that's Twitter <laughs> you're right I slipped up um, yeah that, uh, I'm on Instagram I don't really get on there but at Kayla Jace Richardson is my Instagram um, you can DM me, say hi if you have questions. I typically take a while to get around to answering them, so I'm sorry about that, but I will get to you. Yeah, and just a reminder to you, the guys watching, she's married. We just had an entire section, so yeah, she has a wedding ring. So, <laughs> guys, it was really funny, though. though. I literally received a bunch of DMs. I shan't inflate your ego anymore as... <laughs> Um, someone has said in the comments, uh, but yeah, um, follow me everywhere, all the usual stuff. This has been so fun. I can't say that enough, really. You are very fun to talk to, so I can't wait to have you back on, Kayla. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, let me pull my outro.